0: Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, June 12th, 2006. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Lozen, and welcome to Manager Tools. Today, Mark Horseman and I finish up our series on the effective use of administrative assistance been a long journey, but if you have an assistant or plan on having one in the future, the journey will be an incredibly useful one. Before we start, however, Mark and I wanted to pass on our sincere thanks and gratitude for those of you who favored us with your vote on Podcast Alley this month. We achieved a long-time goal, actually more dream as speaking for myself, I didn't think it was really possible, of making the top 10 podcast list at Podcast Alley. And we're not talking about the top 10 in business, but the top 10 of over 20,000 podcasts out there. We feel very privileged and truly appreciate you taking the time to vote. So, let me say it again, thank you very much. Now, on to what you came for, the final part on effectively managing your administrative assistant.
1: Another, another key ground rule. The admin and executive have a daily 10 to 15 minute stand-up meeting to start their day every day. Now, the purpose of this stand up is to review the schedule, make changes, ensure that the admin and the executive are both on the same page regarding what it is the executive is doing, what needs to be done before and after. This happens every single day. I know some executives who do it even on the road um, because things change when you're traveling. Uh, you know, if you fly from Washington, D.C. to Seattle, in the course of that day, uh, it's a good chance your admin is dealing with three or four changes to your schedule once you get to Seattle. Um, and so that means um, you need to check with him or her the next morning, even if it's, you know, six or seven in the morning. Um, the admin, if, in this meeting, the admin brings in two printed copies of the calendar. If the admin's smart, they print it the night before. Um, and it's sitting on their desk, so when they walk in, they can. if they walk in late, they can grab it right off their desk and walk right in and walk you through your calendar. Um and you go step-by-step step through each item and talk about what needs to be done, what changes need to be made, um, and so on. There's something here that's um, – I just want
0: to raise a, a, a small point, but um, to make this effective, and this is an incredibly effective technique, but the admin and the exec have to sync up in terms of office hours. I've seen um, executives whose admin comes in, After the exec exec gets in at 7 o'clock, for example, in the morning, the admin doesn't show up till 8.30, it creates tremendous inefficiency. If at all possible, you'd like your admin to be there actually a few minutes before you get there so they can prepare this stuff. So when you get in the office, you come and you sit down, you have your 10-minute brief, you get your your schedule for the the day um, synced up, and then you're off and and running. Um, But if you're there an hour and a half before your admin gets there, it, the whole process is messed up yeah. a little bit in my yeah, I agree. opinion now
1: now there is a caveat of course in big cities there's all kinds of issues about you know the admin doesn't have to be there till eight and the executive wants time earlier when things are quiet my, my caveat my only caveat to that is that um, and I actually have a story to, to share that you'll love Mike but my only caveat to that is if you want to come in earlier Mr. or Ms. Executive that's fine be in your office and, and focus on things that, you know, whatever thinking or, uh, you know, if you want to send emails or whatever, but avoid messing with your calendar. Um, avoid getting so involved in the day-to-day the tasks of your job that you end up having to rearrange a bunch of things. Um, don't try to have three meetings with people between 6:30 and 8 in the morning. Now, if you're somebody who's a morning meeting person, then maybe you need to consider that when you bring an admin on board and maybe have her or him come in early and go home a little bit earlier. But if you can't do that, if for some reason the work rules or something don't allow you to do that, um, the one thing you can do is say, okay, I'm going to use the time before my admin comes in for thinking, for putting my feet up on my desk, for thinking about my priorities, uh, for reviewing you know, big presentations or preparing privately for my presentations with my boss or for the board or for Wall Street analysts or whatever. Um, look for solitary time, which you ought to have on your calendar anyway. That's one way to address that. Um, For those people who tell us, well, I I just can't do what you're asking me to do. Now, I have a story for you, Mike, and and it's it's a good one. You'll love this. One of the reasons I'm so particular about the whole relationship between an executive and an admin is the first job that I ever had that I felt was enormously important to the organization I was in was becoming the personnel officer for Colonel Texera and our unit in Hawaii in nineteen in early 1983. Um, uh, I was made the personnel officer, which is a which is really an elevated form of an admin, um, and and uh, it was very simple. Uh, my colonel, Colonel Texera, and uh, his executive officer said to me, "The colonel comes in early, and when the colonel comes in, he wants stuff to do. His desk should be prepared." And for about 18 months of my life, since the colonel came in at 4.30, I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning and I was in at work at 3.30. And I prepared from 3.30 to 4.30 for him to have stuff to do from 4.30 until 6 a.m. And we started doing physical training with the entire battalion. And and that time, the days where I didn't do that, where I either overslept or I couldn't do it or whatever, the rest of the day was a lot less effective for me. And it taught me a very powerful lesson about how important my time was not very compared to how important (laughs) his time was, which was very, um, and there were times when I prepared and he didn't, he, he absolutely did not use any of my preparation, but he came to rely on the fact that every morning when he came in, um, he had stuff to do, um, and he wanted what he wanted to do of course with the administration of the the battalion when he could do it when nobody else was around and it wasn't you know when people were around he wanted to talk to them he wanted to motivate them he wanted to talk about their responsibilities and how they were doing and what they needed from him in order to get their make make you know accomplish their objectives um, but he was an early riser and he he encouraged me to make his time effective and I responded <laughs> right okay so uh so th- that's the last uh, point in
0: Oh by the way by the way I wish you would have told me that story before I took over that job when you left. Yeah, you
1: know I I just thought about that. That's right, you took over after after I did. I can only imagine how many documents that were in your office that were signed by me. Um um and you were probably reminded of my presence there for quite a while. Um yeah, yeah I was. Yeah, you were <laughs> Big shoes to fill. Right, to, to film, right, so. right. Um, okay, so so that's that's the schedule. That's the key deliverables on the schedule. Now, look, I, I mentioned to somebody recently that that uh, we have hours and hours and hours worth of stuff to, to deliver here. Um, we're we're drilling down to a very high level. Uh, we're 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 not drilling down to the deepest level here. So those are the four or five things you can do right away. Um, there's more to be done after you've been. Uh, Working with your admin for six months or so, but we don 't we really don 't have time in in this podcast to make it happen so Mike, we move now from managing your schedule, which is which I say again, you know every minute you can spend um, making your schedule more efficient and effective is time well spent <clears throat> for the executives who are listening to us but but now we want to move from the critically important to the sublime, which is managing your office. And there are a couple of things we recommend regarding the executive's office or even their cubicle space. Now, look, <clears throat> just because you're an executive, folks, doesn't mean you need an office. Andy Grove, the CEO, longtime CEO of Intel, the guy who presided over their incredible success in the 80s and 90s, Andy Grove had a cubicle, just like everybody else. Okay, you don't need an office in order to be an executive. Um, first thing you do, though, the first thing you do, particularly true if both of you, you and your admin, are coming to your role at the same time brand new, you start by cleaning your entire office out. Everything. The entire thing. Everything comes out of that office. Pictures, plants, files, every single drawer is cleaned and the only thing in there is official furniture and probably the desktop PC that goes with it. Plaques off the wall, everything. So you don't mean organized. You mean like Emptied. <laughs> emptied. That's right. Yeah, it's a, you know what? That's a good distinction, Mike. I'm not asking you to organize it. I'm talking about ripping it all out and starting over again. Okay? Now, I'm going to make a small pitch here. I'm just going to take 30 seconds and make this pitch, and then I'll go away, and everybody can laugh at me. Um, if you can rearrange your office so that your desk is not between you and your and the person you're talking to, do so. Because you know what, folks? You're an executive. You have all the power you need. You don't need to stare across your desk at someone. The fact is, the vast majority of executives that I know, when they sit and stare across their desk at someone, they end up looking at the things on their desk. If you want to have better connections with people, put it so that you, even if it means your back is to the door, I you know I know that's probably not feng shui or something, but who cares? Um, I, I always set up my desk so that my desk is pointing toward the wall, um, so that when people come into my office and I turn around and talk, we can talk face to face. Now people say, "Well, Mark, I need a, I need a." A credenza or something to put stuff on okay i understand that but all too often if there's a flat space in people's offices what they do is fill it up with work and then when they scoot over to talk to somebody across that little tongue thing sticking out uh, from their cubicle desk they end up with stuff in between them and they start fiddling with paperwork or they start messing with their pda or whatever next thing you know the the email thing dings and they turn their head and start looking at email while they're talking to somebody which everybody ought to have their hand chopped off when they do that (laughs) <laughs> okay all right i'm done i'm off my soapbox now mike i'm sorry okay, okay. all right <laughs> okay put the, put the box to the side and yeah thank okay. you okay. um so look we clean the entire office out we get everything out of there and and look it, it, it's helpful and mentally emotionally to go ahead and scrub the thing down um the, the, this cleaning is part of the process of getting to the executive to let go of controlling things um you and your admin come in one day weekend or not in in work or yard clothes or whatever and drag everything out. And then the key thing is you decide on what goes back in. And actually somebody tells me, I, I mentioned this to an executive the other day who was starting down in San Antonio. And he, he, he said, Oh, you're telling me to do that. Like, like that TV show where they clean out a person's house. And what they do is they take everything out of the house and then negotiate on what goes back in rather than looking at every single thing in the office and decide whether or not it should stay. Um, there's nothing wrong with putting all your family pictures back. I'm not suggesting we leave out family pictures. Um, although I will tell you that if you tell your spouse, I'm going to take everything out of my office, and that includes pictures and everything else, and I'm going to put stuff back in, I bet your spouse will probably say, hey, look, let's let's change those. Let's give you different pictures, and I'll, I'll update your office a little bit for you. Yeah, but you probably um, don't
0: need like 20, 20 years worth of trinkets and oh every my. pen that was ever given to you. And,
1: yeah. You know, and, and, the- you know belie- believe it or not... Um, all those awards and so on they're all very important. most people don't read them and, and get impressed by you they're going to be impressed by you whether whether you have awards or not um but but all of those things that sit on your desk that you're given and that you accumulate over years of experience in becoming an executive tend to create clutter and that clutter actually affects you mentally according to psychologists and 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 uh Um, people who are specialists in in uh, ergonomics and uh, if you then put on top of your desk a whole bunch of piles of paper um, every time you look at your desk and you see unfinished work you tend to have a slight negative impact on your energy anything you can do to clean the office out to make it simpler to make it leaner to make it uh, the lines cleaner and so on you should do so um so we're deciding on what goes back in. If you're not certain whether something should go back in, in other words, gee, immediately you say to yourself, I don't know, should, I, should it stay or should it go? Put it in a box nearby, label the box with a question mark, and if you hadn't touched that box in 90 days, give it to whomever, whomever it seems appropriate for, whatever it might be, okay? Um, again, this is part of the process of getting the executive to let go of controlling things, Mike. W- we can't tell you how many executives, all kinds of just, I'm sorry to say this, crap, in their offices that they didn't use, never looked at, and, and it's like you said, it's stuff that that just accumulates over time. Um, and for some reason, they think they need to hold on to it, or the previous person had it. So sometimes, you know, I haven't looked at it in three months, but gee, I guess yeah. it's important somehow. Yeah. What if I um, what if I uh, need it and I don't yeah. have it anymore? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. The, 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 the way they say it to me is when I'm coaching them on it, well, I just can't give this to her. I mean, I might need it, and she's and what, what if she's not here? I wouldn't know where to find it. The fact is, though, Mike, this never happens. I'm never with an executive at 7 o'clock at night where they say, oh, my gosh, I, I can't find something because I you know I, I gave it to my assistant. The, pretty much people know where their assistance files are. And, and cleaning your office out reinforces the fact that you should be thinking, deciding, and communicating and not handling paper. Um Quite frankly, so many executives tend to be retentive about things. They end up with all kinds of things stuffed in their office that are for them that they never use, which the admin might actually need or make simpler or better for them. Give up your addiction and association with paper, folks, and give it to your admin. Yeah, I I found it really amazing
0: when I went through this. This is many years ago, but at one point I, I had had an admin for oh probably a year or so, and I hadn't really learned to use her terribly effectively. And, and, and at some point I said, okay, I'm gonna get the files out of my office. And so we had a system whereby I would put stuff in my outbox and I would just put a little sticky on top of it in terms of, I just give it in today's vernacular tags in terms of kind of what it pertained to. And then right. she'd file it. And this is stuff that I had retained in my office up until that point. And the, the thing I found most amazing is how infrequently I went into those files you don't you know, yeah within the within the next couple of years I, I accumulated she accumulated for me tons of files 99% of which I never went back to so there's right. there's a whole thing of maybe I could instead of filing I could throw it away
1: but that's um you're right it's it's right. very infrequently to so Mike let me just mention one other aside here that we'll come back to in, a, in another podcast and or a series of podcasts in a great deal of detail you and I are both devotees of David Allen's book getting things done um and we're going to come back to it and talk about how you could integrate that into this process. But for those of you who know getting things done, you can see we're cleaning your office out would dovetail very nicely with Alan's process of getting everything on the table and making a list of all the things you got to do and then filing it and so on. And okay. we also endorse David Allen's technique for filing, and we would encourage you to have your admin read the book. Um, that's part of what you can do as an executive. Say, look, you need to read the book, and then we'll talk about how that's going to affect the way we work together. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah.
0: A lot yeah. of people read it, and it's implementing it is a little harder than reading the book, but getting your admin on board, there's,
1: there's some Yeah, power. look, look, and have your admin do all that stuff for you and say, what about this, what about this, what about this, what about this? The admins would love that, to think that they're, they're finding out every th- all those projects that you have in the back of your head that you're never doing anything on that irritate the heck out of you, but, <clears throat> but you're thinking about, and, and, and that's it's wasting your time. It's, it's time stolen from you and, therefore, from the organization. So. Yeah. If, well, so if people in this podcast,
0: all they got out of it was read uh, David Allen's book, Getting Things Done, and have your admin do so as well. Home it'd run. be worth it'd be worth everything they paid for this exactly Ooh. everything
1: Ooh. and then some everything <laughs> I mean, some. and then some that they paid for this podcast. <laughs> 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 okay. Next, uh, and I want I'm making a separate point beyond just cleaning out your entire office. I want to make the point again in a little different way. Get your files out of your office, folks. Out. Okay. If you've got a 20-page spreadsheet, you don't need it in your office. Quite frankly, your admin will be better at securing things than you will. Okay? Now, next in terms of your office, agree on an inbox and an outbox. There should be an inbox on your desk. Now, it may just be a space, and that's fine. Although, the executive mic who says my inbox is my entire desk is dead wrong everything we know about executive productivity says an executive should have a large swath and and the you know i'm talking like three feet wide and two feet deep on your desk that stays clean or has just one thing in it and everything else gets put aside either in an inbox or in a hold box or an outbox or whatever else you can only work on one thing at a time and when i walk into executives desks and i see piles and piles and piles of stuff and everything else quite frankly most ceos i know look at that and go mm, that's not a good sign you know they're yeah. getting they're getting n- nickled and dimed or nibbled to death piranha to death so to speak so agree on a place where your inbox goes and where your outbox goes and the admin controls the inbox and the outbox they put st- things in the inbox and they check the outbox frequently And they should be, both should know exactly where it is. And it should never move around. It could be a big bin for an inbox and outbox. That's fine. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't take up two thirds of your desk, obviously. Um, I don't care what it looks like, but it should be in the same place and everybody should know where it is. Okay. Oh, and by the way, one, one more thing regarding inbox. Um, not just anybody gets to put things in your inbox. In much the same way that uh, an inbox is something. Uh, a request for time on your calendar is essentially a demand on your time, which is one of your most precious resources, something in your inbox is a demand for your time. And so convince your direct reports and your peers to give it to your admin, and he or she will put it in the queue and make a decision about how important it is. Now, it may be that somebody comes to you in a meeting and says, hey, I really like you to do this today, and you choose to do it. That's certainly fine. But... But your inbox is not just for anybody to put anything in. That's not how it works. Because there are other places in the organization where you do have an inbox. You have a mailbox. There's probably a place on the 13th floor of your company where the executives give to their admin stuff to take down to you. And and, um, there's probably three or four mailboxes in the organization with your name on it that all get uh, consolidated when they come to your admin. But they come to your admin and they don't come to you. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Now, uh, next is the admin keeps the bosses, the the executive's work area of the desk clear. Okay. Hmm. So, so in other words, if you're out for three or four hours, the admin's job is to keep your desk clear. Um, You don't get to come back and find piles and piles of stuff all over your desk. There are some people who resist this, but but I find that those executives who embrace it and try it and, and get over the hump of, well, I don't want to mess it up. I've got it all laid out there. The fact is everything we know about how people work, Mike, is if you leave your desk for an hour or two to go to a meeting and come back and you think you walk back to your desk and everything's the way it was and you're able to get right back into the moment, that's not true. It takes you just as long to get, quote, back in the moment with something already neatened up for you than it does you walking back and seeing it all laid out the way you left it um, and the reason we do that is it, it gives you clarity of purpose because if you have got a pile of stuff on your desk and you come back and now your priorities in the next couple of hours have changed as they often do coming out of meetings what you're going to end up doing is you're going to push that stuff aside and make make things more messy which makes which clutters up your mind and makes you less effective but it also takes away from your ability to focus on your new priority. Um, so we want clarity of purpose for the executive, and that means a clean workspace, and it sounds corny, and you may think that cleanliness is not next to godliness, but in fact, an executive in protecting the executive's share of mind, it absolutely is um, of religious value, so to speak, um, uh, said with full tongue-in-cheek there, folks. Um, and the sure. second thing is security um executives have a habit of leaving stuff laying out on their desk and and uh lunchtime that people can wander in and out the the admin looks and sees what it is and closes it up and puts it in a folder and takes it back to her desk or sets it aside or puts it somewhere that you know you can find it um that's a reasonable thing to expect an admin to do and if you ask them to do it they'll be thrilled to do it yeah good
0: how Next. about um how about uh uh suspense folders and things of that
1: ilk well i'll tell you what this is something that i never see anymore i know you know how to do it mike because you and i have both done it um i i, I find this to be a, 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 an aha moment for most executives d- d- ba- i mean d-
0: you 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 sound like it it doesn't get d- regularly done i i just i can't imagine and of course you've been around consulting more than i have so y- you've seen a broader range of executive behavior, but to me, this is kind of almost required. I I, I can't imagine not doing it, frankly.
1: Oh, only 20% of executives at at levels below the C-suite do it. Really? Yeah. You just take it for granted, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. and that's one of the things that made you a great executive. I'm sorry, people don't do it, Mike. They don't. Wow. Um, Okay. Here's what it is. You should have a read, hot, sign... And suspense files that get shared and traded between the admin and the executive every single day. That's the reason I was in the office at 3:30 every morning from 3:30 to 4:30, is preparing the read, hot, sign, and suspense files with Colonel Texera, my boss. Now, in hmm. in, in Colonel Texera's case, what he wanted was a big black notebook. That he could open up, and inside the notebook was really heavy cardboard dividers, so thick that you could, you can't easily bend them. You'd almost have to crack them, they're so thick. Um, and yet, there was a big three ring binder that was probably three inches thick, and we probably had 20 or 30 of these heavy cardboard dividers. They're actually like file dividers that normally sat in file cabinets um that stood on their own very very thick like a quarter inch thick and and we would three hole punch those and then we would put a binder clip or a paper clip and clip items to that so if he wanted to he could just take the binders home rather than carrying home a big inbox of papers with sticky notes all over them and and the read folder was stuff that he should read and the hot folder was stuff that he needed to look at right away. And every morning when he walked in, in his inbox was stuff that was hot—that maybe had changed from yesterday, um, stuff that he needed to sign, that would explain what he was reading and why he needed to sign it. And then suspense files, things that are due coming up, that maybe there's a question about where we are in the project, or he needs to send out reminders about uh, X, Y, and Z to the people who are working on a particular project with him. Oh, so, so
0: that's what that. So that's why he called me, and when I filed that uh, 2404, whatever you call it, where I. I think I said uh, 63% equipment readiness rate. I think that's... So you're the one that put it in that hot folder and, I'm, and the reason I got called on the carpet that uh, that afternoon. Yeah, Thanks. Feel, I appreciate feel, that.
1: Feel free to blame me. Um, <laughs> l- luckily, luckily, because you were in the job you were in and because Colonel Texera knew that your job was incredibly important and he gave you as many resources as he could, you turned it around and became the darling of the battalion, of course, um, because you were good at what you did. But But that's what executives... That's what admins exist to do is to to provide um, uh, vision, provide visibility to things that are that should be important to the executive. And it all goes back to that first thing we talked about, Mike, about the admin knowing what the priorities, the responsibilities and the network and the people, the what and the who, so we can we can value and leverage the win. Um, the more the admin knows, the more they 'll be able to identify this document is important because it really impinges upon my boss 's primary responsibility um, yeah, so uh, you, you could you could easily do this in terms of a, a a manila folder with read written on the front of it or hot or whatever, and then the executive just signs it. The idea should be make it as simple as possible for the executive to handle it if it 's something to read. I know one executive that I worked with for a long time. You know, the last thing he did when he walked out was rather than it being in his inbox, because he didn't want to have to pick it up from his inbox, he would walk out of his office, walk by his admin's desk, and there in the admin's, in a special place right next to her outbox, was his read folder. And he would read every night and uh, oftentimes he he joked he says i'm i'm doing a mini bill gates he says uh, you know people would bring him stuff to read and and there it was entirely okay for them to say to his admin hey listen jody will you put this in bob's read file tonight and he would faithfully read stuff unless it was 30 things and he didn't have time he had time to spend it with his family um and and it was very powerful because he got to read more broadly and he he um he was getting it filtered for him and prepared for him. And, and, of course, it wasn't the whole magazine. It was the three articles that he really wanted to read or the two articles that somebody wanted to read so he didn't have to carry around 20 pages, 20 pounds worth of stuff. Sure. Okay. And then I want to make one last point about the office, well, and that that's is... A,
0: that's a... That's a I, this has nothing to do with execs and admins, but um, that's, that's a pretty... Um, effective practice i think there's a lot of folks who make the mistake of carrying around 10 magazines with them because there is one article in there so right. uh, get comfortable with ripping stuff out of magazines uh, just, yes. just an aside and, and, there
1: and let's also be clear if you're not reading three or four times a week you'll never be highly effective You must stay current. You cannot stay current by being in your office. You cannot stay current by going to a lot of meetings, a lot of lunches with people you know. You must read broadly. You should be reading the Wall Street Journal every day. We've talked about this before. I know in previous podcasts, you should be reading the Journal every day. You should be reading a local paper. You should be reading Fortune and Business Week and trade magazines as well. And in certain cases, The Economist and maybe even The Guardian or The Daily News from China. Reading should be a lifelong habit. It is the most efficient way for executives to absorb their world. The most efficient way to absorb the world is not your TV. Yeah. And unfortunately, this is not one you can delegate to your no. administrative assistant. But, but hopefully, it's not one you want to delegate. That's like delegating playing right. golf at Pebble Beach. I wouldn't want to delegate that. <laughs> no, I know uh, you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah I, I, if you don't love reading, you're gonna, there's a part of your life as an executive that you're going to be less good at. One final point about managing the executive's office, and you know, we've really been talking about physical space here, and that is to control access whenever possible. Now, look, if you've got a cubicle and your admin has a cubicle next to you, the admin can't stand between you and your interlopers trying to keep them out <laughs> of your hair. We're not suggesting that. But if you have an office, if there is a way for the admin to have visibility to people who are coming in and out of your office, I think that's powerful. And I think the I, I think the, the executive needs to tell the admin it's okay for you to follow somebody into my office and to say immediately, hey, don't forget you have prep there so that we have a chance to avert a situation where the open door gets abused. We definitely want an open door policy and we've got a podcast queued up about open door policies and some stories about how, how much we believe in the open door policy. You've got to allow the ability to communicate in your organization. You can't let the boundaries in your organization diminish communication, which they, of course, they already are. But if possible, you want the admin to be able to see the doorway, want to be able to to intercept people. We're not talking about physically blocking the door, um, but if you can arrange that, you should. And we're going to leave it at that because because in many cases, in many, many cases, there's no flexibility um, until you get to very, very high levels. And in that case, usually the, 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 the control is already, the access issue is already taken care of.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Next major area we want to talk about is managing the executive's relationships. Now, this is a hugely important area. Yeah, but nobody does um, it,
1: Mike. Don't you agree? It's huge. But, no, but but executives aren't sharing the who with their admin, and so the, the admin is not managing their relationships. It, yeah. it, it's stunning to me. Um, and, and look, so much of an executive or manager's time is spent relating to others. Relationship management is critical. But there, somehow the, what happens is... The tasks of maintaining the relationship are not necessarily high value. It's the relationship that's the high value and the ability to leverage that relationship with quid pro quos and you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours and so on. That's, that's a big part of politics, folks. If you don't like doing that, hang up your executive hat now. Um, we're not talking about pork barrel. We're not talking about... Um, log rolling in Congress, but we are talking about uh, alignment and partnering and collaborating with other executives. But admins play a huge role here in the tasks associated with managing and maintaining relationships. Um, And basically, when it comes to the relationships, the admin's responsibility is to monitor and support the frequency and quality of the executive's network of relationships. You know, we, we joked about this before, Mike. Remember the, the joke about Control Shift K yeah. um, in Outlook? Well, that's the admin's responsibility, figuring out who the, ex- the executive has and hasn't talked to, making sure all the relationships stay current. And the way they do that is creating calls and meetings on the calendar of the executive. In most cases, what I've seen, Mike, is this takes the form of a daily or weekly call sheet. Here are people you've got to call. It could be vendors, it could be customers, it could be uh, partners, it could be internal directs, it could be it could be skips that you have a unique relationship with. Maybe you live nearby one of your skip levels. Uh, it could be um, uh, uh, peers of yours in the organization, critically important. Could be people in other parts of the organization that you call on or that you support. Could be internal customers. Uh, it could be friends and family. That's fine. But all too often, what we find is executives are so taken over by what's urgent and hopefully sometimes what's important that a lot of this stuff doesn't get done. And then when you need to ask for a favor, you're reaching out for a cold dead hand who doesn't remember you or only sees you as somebody who only calls when they need a favor. Uh, Yeah. If you're a junior level, if you're a
0: senior executive executive, you've already figured this out. Yes. And I'm talking particularly about, um, senior technology executives. Uh, if you're a junior level technology director in particular, this is something to pay attention. It's, more, it's likely that your administrative assistant is much more attuned to people than you are. And so this is a huge opportunity to leverage your, your admin's ability to help you manage these relationships.
1: Yeah, I even joke, that, Mike, that this is why... I I say if you're if you're making good money you shouldn't be buying a nice car you should buy a, a yucky car with a big back seat that allows you to have a driver and you should spend yeah. your money on the driver and not on the uh, not on the car to, because people who are impressed by your car are not worthy of being impressed um, and and you should spend your time with a call sheet in the back of the car calling people on the way home and on the way to work in the morning I know that's It's unlikely, Um, but going to and from the airport, going to and from meetings, um, you should have a call sheet and you should be calling people and touching base with folks. Um, Very, very powerful. If you maintain your network with some light touch along the way, when you need your network, it will be firm, it will be strong, and your life will be made a great deal easier. Well, you and I were recently talking about how to put uh, the treasure trove of resources that I have out on the web, and I just picked up the phone and called a good friend of mine who's a manager who happens to be in charge of document management for a $2 billion company, and she sent me back a detailed answer. Why is that? Because about a month ago, I did her a favor. Um, And and if you do that, if you maintain your relationship when you have a need that it would take me 10 hours to figure out the answer to this, I can do it in five minutes. Okay, we have two final points. One is managing the executive's administrative deliverables. Now, there are all kinds of ministrivial tasks, if you will, that employees and managers and leaders have to deal with that executives only need be told that they were done. The danger is so many managers who are becoming executives, uh, so many junior folks who are getting promoted to an area, a place where they have an admin, so many of them get caught up in the tasks associated with the job and all the administrivia and the new uh, distribution lists that they're on and more emails that they get and so on um, that uh, they end up getting bogged down in tasks. Tasks are not what executives are supposed to do. Executives are supposed to worry about responsibilities that then flow down into a detailed task that they accomplish. But if you're looking at a whole bunch of administrative tasks, you're looking at the wrong stuff. Exec- effective executives do not prepare documents. They don't fill out forms. They don't do timesheets. They don't do expense reports, regardless of what it is they want to do. Just because you got promoted because you're a brilliant presenter and you love PowerPoint doesn't mean you should be spending a lot of time with PowerPoint as an executive. These executive meetings will last six hours where the executive reviews every font on every slide. are an absolute waste of time. Uh, and to that end, your admin is responsible for maintaining effective relationships with all matter of support personnel um, and the other network of admins in your firm so that when the exec needs something, the admin is able to go get it for him or her. Um, so delegate all tasks, administrative tasks, to your admin because this goes to the issue of if they're going to get in trouble, get in trouble for an admin task not being done. Don't get in trouble because you didn't spend enough time on your primary responsibilities. And I'm, yep. so what we're saying here is delegate everything and delegate it until you get in trouble. And then at that point, decide how do we change this? Not how do I take it back, but how do we change this so we can avoid getting in trouble? Because that's something that, there's, as we said before, there's too much to do. And one of the things you're essentially doing every day is choosing what you're willing to get in trouble about. And 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 the top thing on the list for executives should be administrative tasks. Let your admin do them, Period yep Okay. All right. It's been a long couple of casts here, but a final note. We started out, Mike, by saying that many executives grossly underutilize their admins, uh, and the primary sin is, as we said, under delegation. That'll still be true five years from now. Manager tools, notwithstanding. Not this podcast is not going to change corporate America overnight. We really do encourage you to delegate fully, to push things down to your admin, and discover what his or her skills truly are. And, and you know what? It's possible. We say again, it's, it's, it's possible that as you start to stretch and grow your admin, you'll discover that he's not up to the task, uh, partially because the person who hired them hired them without knowing these kinds of things that an admin are supposed to do. Um, and if that happens, feedback and coaching are absolutely called for, even more so than for your directs, because... Uh, your admin has more standing in the company's eyes often than some of your directs do, even though sometimes they provide less. You know, your well. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Um, your 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 directs have more standing in the company's eyes, even though sometimes they provide less value to the firm than your admin does in terms of making you efficient and effective. OK, yeah. now I'll make a brief aside here, Mike, which is we talked about daily meetings and so on, but your admin is one of your directs. And so they do get a weekly one on one, just like all your other directs. Uh, and that one on one is just run just like any other one on one. But it doesn't it does doesn't never take the place of that daily stand up meeting. Okay. Let me make a comment
0: about the, the, the value proposition you just, just described. If folks are not going to do the things we've described here, then by all means, you know, save as much money as you can on your admin because your admin's doing nothing other than answering the phone anyways. However, if you are going to do these things, there is incredible value that is produced. And so get the best possible administrative assistant your money can buy. Most people way underpay their admins, and if you're using them effectively, there's no reason you can't pay them top dollar for their you know for the for their
1: position yeah be willing to be willing to fall on your short a little bit for a little extra salary here and a neat trick that i learned from a friend of mine in atlanta at coke is uh if 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 you have a chance to get a new admin for whatever reason your admin leaves or gets promoted or goes somewhere else or you're in a new role and there's no admin in the role yet look around at the executives one and two levels above you to see if anybody is about to lose their admin or is changing jobs and you could steal them yeah good point because an admin that's worked at higher levels is probably much more efficient and effective than the peer admins and uh, maybe paid a little bit more, but is absolutely worth it because they know a great deal more about what's happening at higher levels. Yeah, they might be able to teach you a few things. (laughs) Yes, exactly, yeah. Um, Okay, now the final point we wanted to make. If you make a good faith effort um, and it's still not working out, you've coached, you've given feedback, you've really worked hard, don't be afraid to ask for your admin's resignation and or terminate him or her and find a more efficient and more effective one. Do not live in inefficiency hell out of loyalty or a misguided sense of noblesse oblige or however you want to describe it. If your admin is not doing his or her job, treat him with the same respect you would with any of the direct reports and let him be successful somewhere else. Um, I don't think that's going to happen very often. I think we've essentially put out a pretty comprehensive overview although it's a, it's an initial overview. there's a great many more things that happen in highly effective admin and executive relationships um, but we but we don't suggest that if your admin doesn't work out that well the rule's not that important and you can you can limp by without it because this is something that the organization is making a huge investment in your value to the organization and you don't want to take that lightly you don't want to spurn what the organization is doing for you
0: yep you should be willing to pay for the the best you can possibly get and on the other hand you ought to be willing to terminate the individual if they're not living up to your expectations yeah and, that and again
1: important. and that termination would be a failure but we're willing to accept the failure if we can get to a better place because of it
0: absolutely you hmm. have to make choices in life yes yeah i hate that yes we do all right <laughs> thanks mark my pleasure buddy we'll see you later. Well, there you go. Everything, well, almost everything, you need to effectively work with your administrative assistant. Now, after you had your assistant listen to this series, go put these ideas to work and see your effectiveness and your relationship with your assistant go to an entirely new level. Until next week, folks, we'll see you on the discussion boards. Remember, www.manager-tools.com forms. So long, everyone. See you next week.